shotgun snap, fires over the middle, and it's intercepted! Intercepted at the 47-yard line by Caleb Ham! Fornham finally back in the red zone. Morfini still in the game at tight end. He's lined up to the left of the offensive line. Give is to Palladino, he's running right, he's got Rumi across the 15 to the 10 to the near sideline of the five, and he's in! Touchdown, Fordham, Zach Davis. From the WFUV Studio 3 here in the basement of Keating Hall on the Rose Hill campus of Fordham University, this is another edition of Monday Night Quarterback on this Monday night, October the 2nd. 2017. My name is James Cargan. Alongside me, as usual, my partner, Tommy Aldrich. And joining us, as he does every week on the show, we are very gracious for that, is the head coach of the Fordham University Rams, Andrew Briner. Good day, coach. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. And uh, little, we'll, we'll look back a little bit on last week because there is so much more to come in the following weeks with the start of the Patriot League season on the horizon. But... Obviously, it was a tough week. Yeah, yeah. No, Yale is a a good football team. Um, you know, going back to I think 2013 uh, was the first time that we played them. That that I was here uh, it was early in Coach Reno's tenure uh, to see how they've progressed. Um, you know, over over the course of the last four or five seasons, they've they've come a long way. They they got a you know very veteran experienced senior team they're big physically they're well coached they execute on a high level and and we did not do those things on Saturday night and and that's why the the score resulted in the way that it did about that physicality coach I thought that was something the Yale team did pretty well is be physical and I couldn't tell exactly if it was coming from the offensive line or if it was coming from 31 Sollers both of them seemed pretty physical but is there any thing that you would point to in terms of physicality where you guys lost out on yeah I, I think their entire football team's physical I, I thought that going into the game as soon as I turned on the tape that Sunday um, one of the first things that stood out to me was this is a team that every position plays physically um, you know obviously up front offensively they they got great size um, they're able to, to get some movement on our offense or on, on our defensive line and in the back you know, he they Yale always has that kind of back, yeah. uh, a guy that you know is, is thick, a guy that you know people bounce off of, a guy that you gotta you gotta wrap up, run your feet, and, and make sure he's on the ground. Um, and, and we did not obviously uh, at times do that. And and he's he they have those fall forward backs that you're not you're not knocking yeah. them backwards. Yeah. Even when you hit them, they're gonna fall forward and pick up you know a couple extra yards. That's an interesting point though. I even noticed. I thought the corners played physically. I'm not sure if I had seen. Corners corners play that close to the line of scrimmage or the receiver is that and then specifically I think that number 17 for them was Newski or something six foot 200 pound corner yeah yeah no again it was one of those things we we knew uh that that was going to be the case going into the into the game we knew that that was going to be one of the great challenges at times I think we we matched their physicality at times you know we did not um and that's that's the honest truth and you know, some things to take away from the game. Uh, some players, unfortunately, went out. Some th- some of them for the second time this ye- season. We won't get into all of that right now. Uh, but that led the way for, you know, some pl- younger guys. Hunter Harris and Hamzi El-Zayat uh, 
Jonah Isaac got onto the field and on defense as well. Uh, some guys that we don't usually see in the starting lineup get on the field. DeAndre Carter got the start. Uh, Nico Thorpe got the start. What, what can you see? What can you take away from the performance of the guys that you know don't usually get in in situations like this? Yeah, it, it, you know it's it's a double-edged sword when it comes to to injuries. Obviously, you want uh, your guys that that you intend to to play a game with or, or play a season with out there. Um, the flip side of it is is that guys that that were in supporting roles now have leading roles and they get experience, they get game reps. You know, and, and the hope is as we get bodies back and and get guys healthy. You know, as we go on this this you know final stretch of, of Patriot League play, that now we have a roster filled with guys that have in-game experience already this season because the reality of, of the game of football is you know sometime in November in, in a critical situation you're going to be relying upon a guy that, that you know when you started in August you didn't think you would be uh, but now these guys are getting some game reps they're getting experience and, and hopefully will be that much more ready to go when their number's called you know down the stretch here. And Coach not to beat a dead horse but this was an observation I took away from the game how close were you guys on a few of those tries to Lumley down the field? And to his credit, how good of a job does he do adjusting in midair? Yeah, no, that that was that was you know when you look back at the tape, um, you know there some of those plays um, you know would have given us an opportunity to to you know change change the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know there there were close calls for yeah. sure, and, and they're plays that that we need to make um you know to to win football games and to to compete especially against great you know competition like Yale um you know Jonathan has all the ability to to make those to make those catches to adjust to the ball in the air um both he and Kevin we just we we got to you know keep working and and you know got to see those plays get made one thing i'm always curious about coach is when and this is just in general when guys go out when guys are hurt or when guys are whatever and new guys come in at the skill positions especially, how does that affect your play calling? You know, it, it, it can um, at, at certain positions, certain people. You know, you have strengths. You know, you have, you know, banked reps, um, you know, for, for certain guys as far as the timing goes with the quarterback, things like that. But at the end of the day, you know, we run offensively and defensively. We run a system, and we teach everybody that system, and, and we expect that if someone, you know, goes out, that the person that goes in is ready to operate the system at the, the same or even better level. So it, it – there, there's minor, minor changes, um, but, but nothing, you know, nothing major. Regarding leadership on this team, one thing I pointed out during the broadcast for for Kevin was the fact that, you know, the game was going the way it was, and there wasn't much being put up offensively. But I thought that Kevin just seemed to, with his body language, never put his head down and keep his guys upbeat. Uh, to what extent is that the job of the quarterback, and how well is Kevin able to like rally his teammates? Yeah, I, I think that's one of Kevin's greatest strengths. Um, I, I think um, one, he's competitive, um, and and he he's gonna fight until the absolute end. Um, two, he's a very positive person, just his personality. Um, you know, he he looks at the the bright side of things. He he believes, um, and and so it, it's it's important for the quarterback to be that way Kevin is that way you know and, and he's not the only guy I, I was encouraged you know each time we took the field offensively with the the attitude and the the 
you know, the the upbeat that, you know, we're going to get at Garrett Donaldson's a guy that, that stood out to me, just, you know, positive, you know, we're going to keep fighting, we're, we're, we're close, um, and, and, you know, that, that attitude will serve us, serve us well going forward. All right, thank you, Coach. When we come back here on Monday Night Quarterback, we will take a look at not only next week, but at the next six weeks of the schedule, include, not including the bye, of course, because the Patriot League season is on the horizon, and these are the games that are really going to count. Stay with us. And we would like to welcome you to the Inside the Huddle segment of the Monday Night Quarterback program. James Cargan, Tommy Aldrich, as always, and we are welcomed here by two very special guests, running back Zach Davis and safety Caleb Ham. Guys, welcome to the show. How you doing? Good to be here, man. Hey, good to be here. Thank you for having us. Oh, it's great to have you guys. And, you know, I want to direct this first question to Zach. You know, before we get into all the stuff that has transpired this season with with Chase and Jared Brevard and, and you being thrust into the role, I need to ask you about what you did last year. Oh, yeah. Because this isn't... This isn't Madden. This is like Bo Jackson. Tech- no, no. This, this is, is by Bo the way, these Jackson stats. These stats aren't possible in Madden. These are like NCAA stats. Bo Jackson Tecmo Bowl, three hundred three thirty five hundred and eighty eight yards rushing, fifty two touchdowns in a season. What happened? And how I, did you do well, it? Well, but correct me if I'm wrong. Five hundred yards in one game and ten touchdowns. Yeah. In one game, how how did you do it? Um, just I think a, that's the stat you want. It definitely wasn't just Ten? me. It was uh, it was a combination of just a great team in general. Yeah. we just had a great team that year. Always got to uh, <laughs> uh, praise the teammates. <laughs> Sounds like a prototypical running back. Uh, but this season, you have been thrust into a, a role that you did not expect to come into this season. Starting out as the number three guy on the depth chart. Chase goes down, and then Jared, of course, breaks his leg, is out for the season, and you come in in the Central Connecticut State game, in your home state, by the way. What was your mindset in that particular game coming in after that horrendous injury? Um, coming in, uh, my coaches just pretty much told me, be ready to play. Uh, that's kind of the motto that we have here, next man up mentality. So I was ready to play going uh, you know, going into the game. I was uh, starting on special teams, so... Um, my first play wasn't necessarily uh, running back, but uh, it, it was definitely a surprise for me to to get into the game and be able to get some carries in that game. Zach, and, and when I watch you run, first thing I see is speed stands out 100%. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think you like to take it to the edge when you can and make that bend around. Yeah, definitely. And, and I'm, I'm waiting on you just breaking one any of these games, but at the same time, I see a guy who, when he goes between the guard, the guards is not afraid to put his head down, put his shoulder down. What kind of style of running do you think you bring to this team? What kind of runner are you? Power, speed, a solid blend? Um, I'm definitely speed back. Um, I weigh about 185 pounds, uh-huh. so I'm not a I'm not a huge running back by any means, but I do think that I could run between the tackles, between the guards. Uh, Definitely, but I'm a one-cut kind of back, so I make one cut, and then I'm kind of just straight straight speed. That That's kind of the back that I am. And and in this spread offense, being a speed back, maybe a one-cut back, do you, is it helpful taking a lot of handoffs from the draw position, or would it be helpful, do you think, 
to be able to maybe get that six, seven yard head of steam where you can get speed and then bang. Would that be helpful for you? I mean, probably not going to happen anytime soon, but um, thoughts from, on that? For me, uh, running the spread offense, I was a spread offense in, in high school, okay. so I'm kind of used to that. So mm-hmm. that's totally fine with me. I want to ask you, uh, we'll get to Caleb in a second, don't worry. But uh, I want to ask you a bit about this past week's game against Yale. Uh, you scored the lone Fordham touchdown in that game. Uh, obviously, it was a tough game at, with it going to 41-3. to But what, what did you guys, what was your mindset, you guys on offense, uh, to, to play out the string? Um, Kevin Anderson, our quarterback, he was just saying uh, we need to get into the end zone, and that's kind of what he preached throughout the fourth quarter. And uh, we had some great blocks on the perimeter. We had some great blocks inside, and then we could just kind of get me to the outside. And Hunter Harris had a block probably 25 yards down the field, and that kind of sprung me into the end zone. So Now I want to get to uh, Caleb. You, you uh, had the lone turnover uh, for your defense in this game. I want to play that for you real quick. Shotgun snap, fires over the middle, and it's intercepted! Intercepted at the 47-yard line by Caleb Ham! Obviously, you're laughing at uh, at my eccentric call, <laughs> but... uh. <laughs> Uh, no, boy. yeah, Caleb, tell us, I mean, I, so I'm a big safety guy. I was telling your coach, uh, Coach Bose, the safety guy and defensive guy, that I'm a huge fan of safeties. And I always talk about the eye test, and it's kind of a weird thing that I have a hard time describing, but I'll just put it in other terms, man. You look good in your uniform. Like, you know, something about it, head to toe. You look like a football player. And uh, I want to ask you what kind of safety you think you are like are you a natural f- center fielder are you a bit physical what do you like what's your game like um i definitely like to say that i am more of a balanced safety um i, I don't have a problem being in man coverage i love to cover and i really like sticking my nose in there in the run game so i'm really balanced guy do whatever uh-huh and in terms of you and your partner remind me antonio jackson of antonio. course do you two, I, I asked, we had him earlier on the show, and I asked him this question, but I want to get your perspective. How do you guys, what's your relationship like on the field, and how do you feed off each other? How do your strengths maybe complement another's weakness, or are you more similar? We are two peas in a pod, man. We are like we are like that, man. We're brothers, and we spend a lot of time with each other on and off the field, watching film. And on the field, it's just it's like clockwork. We know what communication, we know what we're doing at, uh, all the time, honestly. We just look at each other, we, you know, give a couple of eye nods, and you know, we know yeah. what to do at certain times, you That's know. That's what's up. The very affectionate Tommy Aldrich to my left. Hey. Uh. <laughs> the eye test, man. <laughs> he passes it. That's right. <laughs> Caleb, with... Zach, you got to work on it. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb, you, you are a captain uh, of this team, and with all that's gone on this season, with all the injuries, with all the adversity that you guys have had how do you as a as a leadership as a, a person in a leadership role sort of bring the team together um we just have to just stay together that's the most important thing you know as a team no matter what happens you have to stay together and with the injuries it's always next man up next man has to be ready to play just like any other guy just play just like a starter um we just have to just take it one step at a time we get better each game progressing each game and then 
And, you know, this week we have league play, so, all you know, the chips fall where they may, but we have to be together during all those games. Yeah, that's obviously was a big point of conversation just now between us and head coach Briner, but, I mean, you guys you guys got to be aware of, of what's going on in the Patriot League, yeah, right? Like, very you much know, aware. Just like I'm a Giants fan and I'm always looking at what the Cowboys, Redskins, and Eagles <laughs> are doing, so yeah. I'm sure you guys are doing the same thing. Yep. Yeah, it's it's obviously been a mess this season in the Patriot League to to say the least all over the place. Are you guys how how much is it a relief for you guys to be getting into this part of the season or is it just another just going to be another game? Oh, uh, we are really not worried about anyone else in the Patriot League besides Lafayette. It's the next game. We don't worry about we worry about the teams that come up when they come up, you know. That uh, that Makes a lot of sense. And, Zach, I want to ask you about uh, Chase Edmonds because Chase has been here for three years prior. He's obviously set every Fordham and almost every Patriot League record in the book, All first team All-American. How awesome is it just to learn from him? Uh, like you said, it really is awesome uh, coming into a, to a program with a running back that that prolific, and, and he's just he's awesome to be around. He's a great, great leader. And I, I kind of just, just, just try to follow in his footsteps because he really is the heart, one of the hardest workers on the team, and you don't see that a lot with people that talented. But he really does have a great work, work ethic, and he does everything that the coaches want him to, and uh, he does everything for the team. So, yeah, and I mean Chase isn't here. You guys are here, so I don't want to spend too much time talking about him. But I want to know if you guys felt the same way that I felt watching Chase, it was like in his short bursts and flashes that he made, it was almost like, you know, when you watch a certain dominant player on Alabama, like, you know, I thought of like Bo Scarborough in the national championship last year. You could tell when Chase made those few runs where he got to the outside or he stiff-armed a guy to end the run that he sort of looked a cut above and... Is that possible that he's really playing uh, a man amongst boys? Um, uh, just watching him for for four years, watching him grow as a running back is something I expect expect to see when he goes mm-hmm. out there on the field. So it's not a surprise to me. <laughs> Good to know. And, and Caleb, the final question is is for you. You've obviously picked off a lot of passes in your Fordham career. You were all Patriot League last season. What goes into to an interception? Is it an art? Is it a skill? Is it, how much of it is an art is or a skill, and how much of it is just the luck of where the pass is being thrown? Um, I wouldn't say that any of it's luck. It's all. <laughs> <laughs> it's really all technique and uh, and running the scheme, listening to the scheme, and running and perfecting the scheme as the coaches tell me to, and that's how I was able to get that pick. All right, thank you guys uh, so much for coming on. Best of luck this week against Lafayette, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. And we would like to welcome you to the X's and O's segment of this Monday Night Quarterback program where we get to talk to one of the assistant coaches, and today's assistant coach is Daryl Perkins, the quarterbacks, the cornerbacks coach for the Fordham University Rams. Coach, how are you today? I'm doing great, so glad to be here talking to you guys tonight. Coach, well, we're happy to have you along with us. Uh, cornerbacks are a position we find, or as the color anal- anal- analysis, I find myself talking about your guys' cornerbacks all the time. The first thing I noticed, and I caught, talked to Coach Briner about this in the way beginning of the season, is that you guys don't have a corner under six foot on your team, or you have 
one. We've got one. You got one uh, at 5'10", I believe. But you guys got a lot of long and lean bodies out there on the edge. And tell me what you like in a long, lean corner. Well, that's that's very important in today's game. These The wide receivers just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Those guys on the that you're defending, they're big, they're long, they can run. So... And then the offensive game, they're they're constantly throwing the uh, the deep ball and they throw it up like a jump ball. So the the longer corner that you have to help match, you know what you're going against is is just tremendous. Um, the game, the speed of the game, and obviously the the explosive plays that the offense is constantly trying to to get out to get at you on the edge. So. We, we we look for that, we recruit that, and it's if you're gonna be successful in defense, that you know, the the size of the corner, the ability and the skill level is is very huge for us out there on the edge. And Dylan Mabin also a guy who's been, in my opinion, doing some incredible things out there. On Saturday, a couple of really nice timing plays made by him where he swats the ball down at a nice time, makes a good break on the ball. Generally speaking, do you like your corners? Do you like to play a little more off coverage? Or do you like to use these guys' size to sort of bring them in and bump the guy a little bit? Yeah, I like to bring them in and play, get up in their face. As we talk in our room there, we we want there to be no fa- uh, no space. Mm-hmm. We want to give the uh, those wide receivers on the outside there. Uh, we don't if we can at all times not let them have free access off the line of scrimmage where we can be up nose to nose. And then the minute they release, get our hands on them, which then helps our defensive line to get to the quarterback. The the uh, quarterback looks out there and sees that, you know, we've got the receiver covered up. It makes it him very uncomfortable throwing the ball out there. And he knows he has to be very accurate. So if he can get, if he sees that picture there, then he has to look, to his second and then third option, and then we can play team defense. That allows the uh, the defensive line or the linebackers, if we're pressuring, t- to get to the quarterback. And I want to ask a little bit about your personnel. Uh, a couple guys that have seen some time this year for you are Bryce Petty and Marcus Hicks. They were in last week in last week's game after uh, Bramble went down with an injury, he missed the game. Uh, what do you see out of those two guys? Those two guys there, you really get uh, you get consistent play out of those guys. You get you get great effort. Uh, you get um, guys that uh, know the game of football, and they bring that you know they bring that element to the uh, to the table. They're versatile where they can play. They're able to play man coverage like we use Dylan Mabin in a lot. But then they also have the zone element that they that they bring to the table too. Uh, they got to be good tacklers in space, and they've got to uh, they've got to be very good communicators over there into the big field of the game. There's a lot of things that that we do to change the look uh, for our opponents. So they've got to be smart guys. They've got to be athletic. They've got to be great communicators, and they've got to be great tacklers. Uh, over there as well so mm-hmm. they well, got a versatile player talking about communication i've always thought defensive backs just to use a fun little word here could be the swaggiest unit uh across most teams i come across not necessarily the loudest group that doesn't necessarily 
saying it's the loudest group doesn't have such a positive connotation, but in a good way. I think defensive backs are a pretty confident, gregarious bunch. Are the guys in your room like that? No doubt. They got to be confident. Uh, if you're not confident at that position there, then to me, you're playing scared. You're unsure uh, of your abilities. You're not sure whether you can win <laughs> your one-on-one -on -one matchup. So uh, that vibe that over the years, everybody knows, I'll bring up a name here, Deion Sanders. Yes, sir. Yep. We knew he never lacked confidence. He never uh, doubted his skill. And that's and that's how you got to play that position. Uh-huh. You're, you're in one-on-one. -on -one. You're on a, you're on an island. You're by yourself. And the uh, the plays that you get involved in they're, they're big plays i mean if you don't make the play it's usually a big explosive play for the offense so you got to be confident you got to be on the top of your game every on every play because uh quite frankly uh, if you give up a completion it's it's usually a bad thing for the defense so yeah and i want to talk also about these guys a little bit against the run because you guys have a lot of defensive backs Safeties and Lawrence Menya included, who's a bit of a hybrid guy. But the corners, I also do a very good job of, you know, not allowing that edge to be broken. And I remember one play, Dylan Maven makes a tackle for a loss uh, last week or in this past game. Uh, what do you teach your guys to do against the run and how to be fundamentally sound there? Yeah, well, one of the things that we try to instill is being tough and being physical. So just because maybe our nature by the position you're we are past defenders first uh -huh. we let them know that the offense in today's game they want to know how tough that corner is so they're going to line up in formations which which they say hey we're going to make the corner be the tackler today yeah and if right away if we can handle it and set the edge or make tackles be physical in the boundary then those plays go away yep if we don't take care of that aspect of the game, then the plays keep coming all game long. And as a result of that, not only do they keep coming that game, they keep coming the next week, the next week, the next week. Offensive football is very uh, – is made of such where they're always trying to find the mismatch. They're trying to find the one-on-one -on -one battle where they can create an advantage for themselves. So if they want to they want to find out who they can exploit in the pass game, but then – they're going to find out who they can exploit in the run game. So if you have a DB that says, hey, I just want to hang out and be a pass defender, well, they're going to find that, and they're going to put him in, the, in that position where he has to be the tackler, where he has, to, he has to fill in the run game all game long. So our guys, we make sure that they like to do that. We prepare them to do that, and we expect them to play like a linebacker if, have to, if they have to. Now, you as a coach have been all over the place. Uh, you were at... UConn uh, from 2010 to 2013? Yes. Yes, and you were on, you coached in two of their most famous games, the Fiesta Bowl, of course, after the Big East Championship in 2010, and the win over Notre Dame at Notre Dame Stadium. Uh, I believe that was the following year. No, okay. I was there for the Fiesta Bowl. The, the, the Notre the Dame game you talked was the year oh, before, previously before. Okay. That. Yes. Okay. Come on, James. You're Notre Dame guy. I right know. Here. I know. <laughs> but but and, and you've you coached at the University of Maryland. You've coached at Old Dominion. What what have you taken from those experiences and, and have brought to Fordham? Well, the I say the biggest thing that you take from is just the different 
people that you're able and the kids that you're able to to work with, the different systems that that you defensive schemes that you have worked in and coached in. And then the style of offenses usually can sometimes vary from conference to conference, from being in the Big East to the AAC uh, to Conference USA uh, to the Sun Belt. Uh, the off the offensive coordinators are different. The the style of offenses that play. So you're able. I've been able to experience and see a lot of things. So I'm able to bring uh, those experiences here to help when we game plan to help the players just at their you know at their positions and how to defend different techniques to play to help us be successful. So. Um, when you get that experience, it helps me be more confident as a coach, and it, and it, and I I'm able to to share that with the players. Absolutely, coach. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We appreciate it, and good luck next week. Hey, I appreciate you having me, and uh, we'll be ready when we uh, take on Lafayette to get that first conference win. Make no doubt about it. Absolutely. All Thank right. you so much, coach. Thank you. Have a great evening. Back here on Monday Night Quarterback with. Tommy Aldridge, I am James Cargan, Coach Andrew Briner to my right, and Lafayette is on the horizon. First of all, Coach, this was a tough non-conference schedule. Yeah, it, it absolutely was. And then when you look at our non-conference schedule going forward, we're going to continue to challenge ourselves to to play the upper echelon teams, and, and that that's not going to change. We have to play better and, and, and win these football games. How, how much of a relief is it to be – out of this stretch of the season, is it a relief or is it just think, another game? Yeah, at one and four, there's not much relief. Um, you know, I, I think it changes the focus. It, it, you know, I've said it every year, going back to sitting in the quarterback room as the quarterbacks coach. There is a different level of intensity when you get to league play. Um, every every game counts. We want to win every game, but ultimately, these are the six games that determine: do we win a league championship and and do we go to the playoffs? Um, so there's a different intensity about it, but there, there's there's no relief. We don't look at it as two seasons. Um, you know, it's just it's part one and part two. Uh, I want to ask a question about uh, the Lafayette Leopards. Um, we, you have faced several teams this season, Army and, of course, Yale last week, that have run the ball well. Lafayette is a team that does not run the ball well. They average their leading rusher averages a little over two yards per carry, and they have they somehow snuck away with a victory at Holy Cross last week by the skin of their teeth. What do you look for uh, with Lafayette? Yeah, Lafayette is a, a football team that. I think has gotten some renewed energy uh, with the head coaching change. And, you know, Coach Tavani was there for a long time. He did such a great job, had a lot of success. Um, you know, but the you know Lafayette felt it was time for a change. I, I see, I see more energy um, from from them. I see them playing with great effort. Um, you know, I think Coach Garrett is, is doing a good job. You know, offensively, um, as you mentioned, you know they're they're not where they want to be running the football right now. Um, you know, and. and Quite frankly, you know, we need to we need to keep it that way. Uh, but they they are going to they're going to attempt to run the ball. But you know, they I get the sense from watching their offense that Coach Garrett is is really confident in this freshman quarterback and and giving him opportunities to to throw the football, being really smart with what he what he asks this young quarterback to do. You know, you can see Coach Garrett's years of experience. You know, working on the offensive side of the ball. You know, working with quarterbacks, it, it's evident on on film. Coach, you spoke about the level of intensity that like comes with Patriot League play. 
if you could elaborate on that a little bit, I'd like to know like how exactly the intensity goes up with our are schemes going to be different, or do you think the players really care, or the coaches take it up a notch? What about Patriot League play brings that out in you guys? Yeah, I, I think, you know, as far as scheme goes, the answer to that question, you know, at least for us and my, my philosophy is no. I, I'm not sitting on, holding on to anything, you know, for league play. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's it's what we talked about, that these games are the ones that determine you know who wins the league championship mm-hmm. and who gets the automatic bid, and with that, there just there comes a, an urgency uh, and an increased intensity. In my time here, uh, when we get to the league play, you know, practice feels different. It has a almost a different speed to it. Um, you know, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. I this is my my absolute favorite time of the year. <laughs> yeah, and we look. I mean, look, just looking at the teams that are on the schedule ahead: Lehigh, Colgate. Uh, Georgetown, none of these teams right now have more than two wins at the best. So is that something you will make aware to your players? I mean, they're probably already aware, but will that be a sort of mindset or is that irrelevant? No, it's very relevant. And to to speak quite honestly, yesterday in our team meeting, I put up the standings in the Patriot League play. Um, and, And quite frankly, at this point, it's up for grabs. I mean, you yeah. know, it's it's anybody's anybody's title. Um, and, and you know, as I've I've said several times um, at different speaking engagements, I really look at at Patriot League play as a six round playoff. And, and this week is the only round that matters. It's round one. It's against Lafayette. That's where our, our focus is. But yeah, I, I talked to the team on Sunday and and put up the standings and and said, hey, this this is what. The league looks like right now. Yeah, um, I mean, and, I suppose it's no different from the NFL when you're looking yeah. at you know NFC East. And, and garbage. trust me, all seven head coaches in this league right now are saying the same thing. Yeah, we're all saying <laughs> the same thing to our to our football teams. Um, I don't think any head coach in this league right now would say they they're happy or or, or satisfied uh, with where their football team's at right now. Um, you know, but. Opportunity it, but, but, ahead. But opportunities ahead. Absolutely right, yeah. Tommy. So that, that's where our focus is ahead. And that's got to be an emotional boost. For your team at you know at one and four to know that there are still opportunities ahead that are that Big every ones, game man. could Big be ones. winnable. You know, if I imagine that if North Dakota State were in the Patriot League or some crazy team was in the Patriot League, that there would be probably a bit less morale, per se. Yeah, that's hard for me to answer. Just being the competitive person that I am um you know I I I can't speak for every member of my football team but I know that there are lots and lots of guys on this team that that have that competitive drive so I don't know that they would they would say that but you know the reality is is you know we didn't start the season the way we wanted um there there is some silver lining I guess you would say when you look at the Patriot League standings right now and and nobody it, it looks right now as we sit here that nobody Nobody at this point looks like they're just going to run away with the thing. It's going to be a dogfight every week, just like it is every year. Uh, the difference is we, as a league, did not have a great out-of-conference season. And, you know, Coach, it's it's obviously been a difficult time with all the players exiting the field of play this season. Have, have you, you know, you've been around football a lot. You've coached and played at Lock. You've played at Lock Haven. You've coached across the country and have pl- coached in some big games. Where? How does this compare 
to all the other seasons. This this, un- this has to be a unique situation. Yeah, the, you used the word that I was about to. It's unique. Um, it's unique. I, I have not been a part of a season that, that we've had so many players miss games and, and, and practice time due to injury. But here's the reality, guys. It, it's football. It's Division One football. <laughs> yep. it, it happens. Um, it, it's not – Everybody has injuries, um, you know, and, and it's not it's not an excuse. Our our job is to build a roster that can withstand, you know, having having these these type of injuries occur, and and that's what we're we're focused on, and, and that's what we're going to do. But to answer your question directly, I this is unique for me. I, I haven't I have not been, you know, a part of a season that that has faced this kind of adversity. Certainly faced other kind of adversity, um, but this is this is unique. And they say, of course, that iron sharpens iron, and that whatever doesn't kill you make you makes you stronger. Uh, to quote a song, is <laughs> that the yeah? Is that is that the case here with this team? Has all this adversity is that could that potentially bring this team together? Yeah, I, I hope I hope that it does. I, it certainly has the potential. I, I talk to these guys all the time, even Friday night before the game. Talked about you know. People have asked, you know, you guys ask me, you know, not directly, but, you know, what happened? What's going on? And I said to them, guys, it, life happened. Life happened. This is what this is what happens in life. You're going to be you're going to be faced with adversity, you know, every day, your entire life. And, and this we are being challenged as a football team right now. And this is this is uh, training, so to speak, for for what happens in life. You know, bad, bad things happen. You know, you, things don't always go the way you want them to. Um, it's your response that's most important. Absolutely. Always life lessons to be found, in, not just in football, but in all sports. Coach, thank you very much for coming on today. As usual, we will see you next week after the Lafayette game, and good luck this week. Thank you guys so much. Well, Tommy, the non-conference portion of the season for the Fordham Rams is over. And I know Coach Briner said earlier that he isn't relieved per se, that he's just taking it as another portion of the season. But I, for one, am pretty relieved. Yeah, and I think if we want to read between the lines, I think the whole football team's a bit relieved. One, because the hard games are over. And two, because the fun stuff really begins now. And the Patriot League is wide open. So, in a sense, the season for the Fordham Rams is just beginning. Indeed it is. Better days, of course, on the horizon for the Fordham University Rams. And that will do it for this week's edition of Monday Night Quarterback. Thanks, as always, to head coach Andrew Briner, cornerbacks coach Darrell Perkins, running back Zach Davis, and linebacker Caleb Ham. Next Monday, another edition of Monday Night Quarterback. A look back at the Lafayette game and a look ahead to their matchup at Colgate. We will have our X's and O's segment with one of the coaches and our Inside the Huddle segment with some of the players. Remember to tune in on Saturday afternoon at 3.20 as the Rams are on the road against Lafayette. To tune in at WFUVsports.org and 90.7 FM. And don't forget to tune in to One on One on Saturday at 1 p.m. and on Wednesday at 7 p.m. only on WFUVsports.org. Until those times, for my good partner Tom Yoldritz, our engineer Rafael Alia, and our producer Charlie Maizano, this is James Cargan. Have a good week, everybody. Monday Night Quarterback is a production of WFUV Sports. <laughs>